0: All right, folks, if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn to the Gospel of John to the 6th chapter, John chapter 6. Now, what I want to do is kind of remind you, I do this every week, what are we doing in John? Well, we're we're not just studying John. Our, Our whole purpose is to get to know Jesus. Now, how do you deepen your relationship with anyone? You spend time with them. You get to know them. So... Some of you have been saved for a long time, and you came to know Christ at that point. But I'm going to tell you something. You don't know him, and the only way to get to know him is what? Spending time with him, seeing what the Word of God reveals about him. And that's what the Gospel of John is doing. It's revealing who he is, but it's also telling you something else. It's telling you how people react to him. In fact, when you go through the Gospel of John, you're going to be introduced to three groups of people throughout this gospel there are the followers those who say yes he's the messiah they follow him we see that with the disciples then there's the religious people now these were good jews these were people who were keeping the law and everything but their hearts weren't right and they were rejecting him and the third group of people is the crowd that's everybody else who the religious people rejected and they like jesus but they're not Willing to accept everything that he says. We're going to see that today. So today, we're going to look at the bread of life. We're going to look at a passage today that maybe you're familiar with because you learned it in Sunday school or taught it in Sunday school, if you're a Sunday school teacher, where Jesus says he's the bread of life. Now, we're going to focus on what that means. But we're also going to focus on how people respond to it. And you might say, well, what does that got to do with me? Because I know Jesus. Well, yeah, he's the bread of life. We're going to see what that means. And that means bringing and finding true satisfaction. But we're also going to see that there are people that are going to have a hard time with what he's saying. And it's easy to do that. So let's look at the passage together. We're going to look at verse 32. Notice with me what John writes. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you, that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me. That all he has given me, I shall lose nothing but shall raise up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. All right, so here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to break this up into kind of three sections here. We're going to talk about the crowd. Now, why are we going to focus on the crowd? Because John focuses on the crowd, and what he's going to do here is he's going to tell you that they have no clue. It's very obvious to be exposed to things and have no clue. They're being exposed to the very person of Jesus and his miracles and they have no clue. I want you to think about that. We'll discuss that more in a moment. Then we're going to see what true satisfaction is. You're like, wow, we're going to shift from the crowd to the issue of true satisfaction? Yeah, because that's why Jesus came. What has that got to do with me? It's got everything to do with you. Because ultimately that's what drives you. You are trying to satisfy in your life something. And the reality is, is you can't. You were never meant to satisfy yourself. No matter what you pursue, you can't. And even if you think, well, I can, it's only for a moment, if that. So we're, we're entering into hunting season. Some of you guys are already out there on archery. And some of you, you are driven that this is the year you're going to get the biggest rack ever. And if you get that rack you will be satisfied right you'll be out next year because it won't satisfy you even if you get it mounted and you look at it if your wife lets you put it up in the room it doesn't bring you that satisfaction but we'll talk about what true satisfaction is but then ultimately can i tell you we're going to see we're going to get back to the crowd and we're going to see about rejection rejection of who george jesus all right so let's talk about the crowd all right, we're going to focus on verse 31 to 34. You say 31, George. Yeah, 31, because we've got to go back one verse to understand what's going on. Remember, in verse 30, they ask for a sign. Think about that. That's crazy, isn't it? Jesus is already doing all these signs. He's even fed, he fed them. These are the people that he fed with five barley loaves and two fish the size of a sardine. And they want another sign. And then they say in verse 31, if you look with me, Our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. All right, so that starts off, but look now what it says about the crowd. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you true bread from heaven. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always all right so here's what we're going to see we're going to see three things about the crowd that i want to focus on first of all they did not understand how god acted in the past they didn't understand what do you mean they didn't understand george they knew the story about moses and how god fed them manna that's bread from heaven every day for 40 years that they walked. what do you mean they didn't understand they're, they're quoting that how do you know that they didn't understand? Because they didn't know exactly who gave it to them. They thought Moses was the one who gave it to them. Moses didn't give them the bread. He just informed them that who was going to give them bread in the morning. God. That it would come down from heaven. And they would have to gather it. And from that they would eat. Every day for 40 years. They didn't understand. They made assumptions. Because they truly didn't know. See, can I be honest with you? Nothing has changed. As a pastor, one of the things that bothers me the most about people, can I tell you what bothers me the most about people? It's not their sin. So, what bothers you, George? Ignorance. What do you mean, ignorance? Ignorance of what God's Word says about who He is and how He acts. And what he expects, ignorance. Because what I find is is that in Christianity today, we're more living by slogans. It's the bumper sticker, T-shirt theology, than we are by what God's Word says. And we know about, but we don't know. So they didn't understand how God acted. Here is the second thing I want you to see about them. Jesus tries to redirect them to what God is doing now. So here's Jesus. You've got to appreciate him. If if there's one thing you should see about Jesus, he's patient. What do you mean? Well, if it was me, I would have said, dummy, you're wrong. That's not, you haven't read the Pentateuch lately, have you? Let's go back and read Exodus, and you'll see that that's not how God acts. It was God who did it jesus doesn't do that what does he do he says moses isn't the one who did it it was god and god's giving you bread from heaven now he's trying to redirect them to a different reality he's trying to redirect them to what god is doing now do you understand to what god is doing now that's a lesson for us folks so when you're talking to people and they just don't get it and they're just not seeing it, you don't need to react. What do you need to do? You need to patiently and what? lovingly like Jesus try to what? direct them to what is happening with God right now, what he's doing now. Here's the third thing what you see about the crowd. They cannot see the truth that Jesus is presenting to them. So here's Jesus, when you look at Verses 32 to 33, he's talking about this bread from God that's coming down to heaven. He mentions in verse 33 that gives life to the world. They don't get it. So here's what they say. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. They think it's literally bread, they think it's something that's cooked, something that's filling. But that's not at all what he's talking about. They don't see it. Now, can I tell you why they don't see it? First of all, it's not because they didn't have enough knowledge to see it. It's because they didn't have enough facts. Sometimes we think that if somebody doesn't see it, if somebody is rejecting, if somebody is ignoring, that's because they don't have enough information. That's not the issue here. They have enough information, don't they? What do you mean they have enough information? They just saw him take five loaves, two fish the size of sardines, and feed 5,000 plus people. They've seen him. The reason why they were there is because they've seen him, what? Heal the sick, cast out demons, make the lame to walk again, make the blind to see. You think they got enough information about who he is? The reason why they can't see is because what? What? their hearts don't see. Their hearts are hardened. And they can't see. So here they are, they can't see the truth that Jesus is presenting to them. But here's what Jesus does. He just doesn't give up on them. He actually speaks more trying to draw them in. How he tries to draw them in is, is that you're looking for this bread that'll bring you satisfaction. But the reality is, is I'm going to give you a bread that brings you true satisfaction. That's me, is what he's saying. So that's when he says, I am the bread of life. So I want you to notice with me what he says in verse 35, and we're going to talk about true satisfaction. He says this, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Isn't that interesting? He said something similar to a lady just two chapters over, a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well near Sychar in Samaria. Only there he was talking about what? Living water. Here he's talking about bread. He's using something that they're understanding to illustrate a point. He's trying to say to them, look, you keep thinking that you're going to get bread and you're going to be satisfied. Look, okay, so let's think for a moment. Uh, in exactly uh, probably about 30 minutes, we're going to be downstairs getting in line and having our main meal, donuts. If you want a side, there's some meatball subs. And you're going to eat these donuts and donut holes and drink the cider or iced tea and, and everything until you are satisfied. And you're going to go home and you're going to lay on the couch and you're like, oh, that felt so good. And you were satisfied. But here's the problem. Six o'clock's is going to roll around, and guess what's going to grumble? What's in the fridge? Because the satisfaction will have what? Left. We can't find anything to truly satisfy ourselves here, can we? These people are looking for bread that will satisfy. He says, look, I'm going to tell you about the bread that will satisfy. It's me. I am the bread of life, is what he's saying here. So look what he says. First thing I want you to notice with me... Jesus presents himself as the one who truly satisfies their lives. Jesus is the one who truly satisfies their lives. All right, so let me, let me explain what that is for a moment, because I want you to understand something. I'm going to tell you what truly satisfies and what doesn't, because I think we're confused. First of all, it is not coming to this church that truly satisfies Don't ever think that it is. You will be disappointed. It is not knowing about Jesus. That's not going to truly satisfy. What truly satisfies is Jesus. Period. It's the relationship with Jesus. And the relationship is not the church, the relationship is not the religious exercise. It's Jesus. And he's saying to you, I am the bread of life. I am the one who will truly satisfy you. If we would only recognize that, right? Because somehow we, we've adopted in our mind, if I could get this, if I could do this, then I will be truly satisfied. Then you find out later you're not. Only for the moment, but only for the moment, right? Let's go on. Let's look, a bit, look with me, verse 36. Here's what happens. Verse 36, but I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Jesus sees right through them. He says, you've seen me, but you still don't believe. What's the point here? They choose not to believe in spite of what they've seen and experienced. See, the choice is up to us. Even though they, listen, I think it would be awesome to be there and watch Jesus do this and see the miracle. Would that have been Awesome. Or be with with the disciples in the boat, and here comes Jesus walking across the water. We saw that, what, in in chapter 6 before this passage. That would be awesome. They see these things, but they what? Choose not to believe. Well, you know, that's them, George. That's the crowd. You know, I know Jesus. Yeah, but we choose sometimes not to believe as well. What? Haven't you seen God answer prayer in your life, but the next time you face a situation, what? You find yourself what? Still trying to do it on your own rather than going to the one who got you through the last situation. It's our choice. That's what he's saying. It's our choice. So the third thing I want you to see here about this true satisfaction, and this is what blows my mind. I hope it blows your mind. Okay, wait a minute. Let me just stop. Let me ask you a question. How many of you here want to know God's will for your life? There's everybody, right? We all want to know what God's will is, right? Jesus tells you. Two verses, twice, he tells you. Here's what it is. Look with me. Verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Okay, stop for a moment just so you know. Here you go. You're struggling. You messed up. Jesus, do you still love me? No, no. If you come to him, what? He will by no means, what? Cast you out. Did did he just say that here? Okay, let's go on. Verse 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will. This is Jesus, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. All right, so here's the will of God, verse 39, verse 40, twice being mentioned here. Here's what God's will is for you. Listen to me. And this is the will of God who sent me. that, That of all he has given me, I shall lose nothing, but shall raise it up at the last day. What's he talking about? All he has given me. You and I are gifts to Jesus. When we come into salvation, we are gifts from God to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, It is God's will that what He has given me, that's you and I who trust Him, who are saved, it's God's will that I lose none of them. Now, do you understand what He's saying? He can't be lost. And then he says it's his will. Look what he says there. That I will raise him up in the last day. What a promise. What is that? Eternal life. The resurrection. And just to make the point, he says it twice. Look with me the next verse. And this is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. Wow, that's God's will that you have everlasting life. And listen to what he says. And I will raise him up at the last day. That's God's will for your life. That you would have an eternal relationship with him and he will raise you up. Yes, it's hard right now. Folks, we can't get away from it being hard. Let me just go ahead and tell you, I don't care what the guy on TV says that you're supposed to be healthy and wealthy. Forget that. You live in a hard world, marred by sin. Stuff goes wrong. But there's a hope. And He gives us that hope. There's something more coming. So hold on, endure. Why do you think in Revelation? it's mentioned over and over, "To him who overcomes, I will give this." In the first two chapters of chapter two and chapter three, he makes that promise three, seven times, to him who overcomes, I will, and he gives a promise, overcomes what this life, with all of its difficulties. Because our hope isn't here. Our hope is where? With the Father. With Jesus. But here's the problem. That's the message, right? That's what he's showing us. That's what he's telling us. But again, remember, here's what I want you to see John's purpose. John's purpose is to show us who he is and what he wants and what he's doing and what he's calling us to. But he also shows us that people love darkness rather than light. They reject. So I want you to notice the rejection. Here's what happens. Okay? We see it in verse 41 and 42. Here's the first part. We'll look at the first one. The Jews then complained about him. Because he said, I am the bread which comes down from heaven. So here's how they respond to what Jesus is saying. Jesus is offering them true satisfaction. Isn't that awesome? Wouldn't that be great? Give me true satisfaction, Jesus. Here's what they do. Uh, There's something wrong with what he says. He's the bread of life. What, what What is he talking about? They're arguing amongst themselves, trying to figure out what he's... They're rejecting him. So here's the point I want you to see. They were not willing to accept what he said. They weren't willing to accept it. So from the very first statement, when he says, I am the bread of life, they shut him down in their minds. Because they couldn't accept what he said. They reject it. Yeah, but it gets a little bit better. Look with me at verse 42. And they said, Is this not Jesus, son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then, he says, I have come down from heaven. All right, so here's their problem. The problem is, okay, so this is Capernaum. All right, Capernaum is nearby to where Jesus was raised in Nazareth. So I think we understand that. Okay, so like, okay, we're, right now we're in Kerwinsville. Some of you live in Clearfield. Some of you live in other surrounding areas. But you get to know people in our area, right? You get to know people from the surrounding villages and communities and crossroads. You get to know who they are because in a small rural area, you what? You rub shoulders with people all the time. Especially if you've been there for a long time, right? So Capernaum it maybe is a little bit bigger than Nazareth. It's a port there on Galilee. But listen to me. They still know each other. So here comes Jesus. Guess what? They know him. Well, yeah, of course they know him, George, because he's doing all these healings. He's do- No. They know him. Why? They've known him all his life. So when he says these things, that I come from my father, they're like, what? Isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, the carpenter? And so they're not seeing it. They're They're not hearing because they've made up their mind. So here's the point I want you to see. They could not move beyond their own concept of Jesus. They had developed their own concept of who he was and they couldn't move beyond it. Because you and I both know, because we know what they didn't know is that Jesus had a very special birth, didn't he? And while he had an earthly father, it wasn't his father. Who was his father? God. And his mother was a virgin when he was conceived. And while he may have been raised in the home of Joseph, He wasn't Joseph's son. He was whose son? God's son. But they wouldn't have known that. But here's the thing. They thought they knew everything. And so because they thought they knew everything, they what? They reject him. And that's what we see happening here. Okay, you say, okay, George, here we are. Where are we going with this? Really, it's two things. Let's talk about the first one. I call it ignorance. It's a choice. It's a choice for us whether or not we choose to live in ignorance or we choose not to. How do we choose not to? Read your Bibles. It is better... For you to say what the Bible says because you yourself have studied it, God's Spirit has confirmed it with you, than for you to repeat what I said, or some guy on the radio, or what some person wore on a t-shirt, or what, here, here's the other one I told you about bumper sticker theology and t-shirt theology, how about Christian music theology? Sometimes we hear something in a song and we're like, really, that was awesome and we live by what the song says. But the problem is sometimes it has nothing to do with what the Bible says. These people were operating by their own concepts of who Jesus was and who Jesus is and where true satisfaction comes from and guess what, they were missing the boat. I don't want you to miss the boat from all that God wants for your life. that's ignorance the second thing that comes out of this passage is the whole issue of satisfaction I don't know what it is that you're pursuing in your life but I'm going to tell you right now it won't bring you to satisfaction for some of you you think the relationship if I just had this relationship then it'll bring me satisfaction you're not going to find, find satisfaction there why because they're human they are going to fail you You will not find satisfaction there. Some of you think, well, if I have kids, and the more kids, the better. Then you think that's going to fight. look, I'm going to be honest with you, that's not going to bring you satisfaction either. Why? Because they're human. And if you're a parent here, you know what I'm talking about. They don't do everything right, do they? And they will disappoint you at some point. It'll be grandkids. I can't wait for my kids to have kids. I'm going to tell you, same thing, same scenario. You won't find satisfaction. My job! Really? Then they give you a pink slip. Where's the satisfaction there? Where is it? The one place we're not looking. Jesus. Jesus. And so I guess I want you to try looking. Hi folks, this is George. I want to thank you for listening this morning. And I want to tell you about a free app that you can get for your mobile device that will allow you to access all the materials and information you need about our church in one device. Simply go to your app store on your Android or Apple device and search for Kerwinsville Christian Church. The app is free, and what you'll find there is everything you need to know, plus all the teaching from our church, as well as this program. And we hope that you will utilize that in your search for Christ. Until next week, folks, take care and may the Lord bless you.